When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and I have one statement to make today to you folks. The Penguins have now proved to me that they are ready for playoff hockey. Not to say that they're a contender, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would watch this team over the course of the season to this point and say they're a contender for the Stanley Cup. At the very least, they're not a serious contender for the Stanley Cup. You could make the argument anybody that gets into the Stanley Cup playoffs is a contender, but that's a different story for a different day, and it deals with a lot of semantics. But what I've seen over the past week, three vastly important games for the Pittsburgh Penguins against the Avalanche, against the Dallas Stars, and against the Washington Capitals. The performance that they put out there over that three-game stretch made me come to the conclusion that this team is ready for playoff hockey. The proof is in the pudding, guys. They take down a red-hot Colorado Avalanche team, the defending Stanley Cup champions in Colorado, they had won six straight games and the Penguins not only went in there and by the skin of their teeth, barely got through the game. They went in there and they played extremely well against the Avs. In particular, Tristan Jari was really good in that game. Now, of course, Questions have arisen since then about Tristan Jari and his health and his ability moving forward to be the starting goaltender for this team. But in that moment, a lot of people, me included, thought this could be the turning point specifically for Tristan Jari, but also it could be the jumping off point that the Pittsburgh Penguins have needed throughout the majority of this season. They go the following night, minus Tristan Jari now. Obviously, everything that's happening with Dustin Tokarski trying to get from Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pennsylvania, down to Dallas, Texas. They played the Stars tough. Second half of a back-to-back, minus Jari, and as we'll talk about for the entirety of this three-game stretch, minus four of their top six defensemen. They go out against the Stars, and once again put together a really good game. Now, they weren't able to get away with any points. In that one, they fall by a score of 3-2. to two. But once again, building momentum in the right direction. Most of the players after that game said, listen, we played the right way, and if we play that way the rest of the season, we should make the postseason. And they're correct. If they play the way they've played over the past three games, I would say 
I'm confident that they make the playoffs. And I'm confident that they don't get completely washed in the playoffs if they play that way as well, no matter who they're going up against. So an impressive three-game stretch, and the Capitals game alone, if you look at the way that that game went, the storylines that were throughout the game from puck drop to the final horn, that was a playoff game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The crowd was into it to that level. The players were into it at that level. And the Pittsburgh Penguins prevailed in a tough situation. Now, there were still cracks in the armor that we will talk about here in a couple minutes. But there was a lot of positives as well that haven't quite necessarily been present at all times throughout the season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Chief among them, secondary scoring. Ryan Paling was shot out of a cannon in the second period and then finished with a beautiful backhand forehand to the top shelf. That kind of finish is something that has been missing from the Penguins' bottom six all year long. So it's nice to see it pay off in a big moment, in a big game for Ryan Paling and the Pittsburgh Penguins' bottom six. We said last week on tip of the iceberg when we were doing our three M's, I said, you, you got to re-sign Paling. He has a surefire fourth-line center with the potential to be a third-line center at the top of his game. That's his ceiling, right? And he showed why he could be that third-line center, the offensive potential that he has. Let's not forget, the guy was a first-round pick from the Montreal Canadiens. In his first ever game, he scored a hat trick for the Montreal Canadiens. He has offensive upside. We just have not seen it. Now, of course, the big question with Paling is also, can he stay healthy? But he scores the first goal. Chad Ruedel scores the second goal on a rush. Nice shot, beats Darcy Kemper. And the Penguins are all of a sudden up two to nothing. And none of the top six have points. That is something that has not happened very often this season. And in a pivotal game against a Capitals team that was not out of the playoff race. If the Capitals win that game, it is an entirely different story in the race for the final two wild card spots. That was a massive, massive victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And their secondary scoring showed up, which made it even better. The Penguins got terrific goaltending in that game through two periods. Casey DeSmith, in that second period alone, looked like a Vezina Trophy winning goaltender. He did. Several 10-bell saves, and not just 10-bell saves against Nick Bay, Kubiel, and other random players, Connor Sherry, even even though he's higher in their lineup. He's making 10-bell saves on Alex Ovechkin on the breakaway, a toe save, a two-on-one sprawling cross-crease pad save, the, the last little flurry in the second period. That was a phenomenal showing from Casey DeSmith that, to me, looked a lot like what he was able to do late last season when Tristan Jari went down with his broken foot. If he can recapture the ability and the consistency that he showed at that point of the season last year, the Pittsburgh Penguins, even with Tristan Jari out, have a good shot at making the playoffs. Now in the third period, as we'll get to, DeSmith fell off a little bit. 
it almost cost the Penguins the game. But at the end of the and and the end of the day, they got the two points. And DeSmith showed in one game why I like to call him coin flip Casey. Other things that were evident in that game that told me, you know what, the Penguins are ready. And this is one that throughout the season, the top dogs on the Pittsburgh Penguins have been pretty good. Right? Pretty good. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, top two lines, they've played exceptionally well this season. They really have. But when you look at the way that they were playing in that game, you look at the reactions of those players in that game. And transversely, look at Alex Ovechkin when they tied it up. They had the star watch on on ABC. Look at the reaction of Ovechkin when they tied that up. And think about how much that game meant to the Capitals too. And then look at Evgeny Malkin's celly after his massive, gonna remember it, highlight reel, go back into the story of the season. That is a massive, massive turning page moment. Look at his celly. Look at Crosby headbutting Ricardo Kell in the teeth. It matters to these guys more and more as the season gets longer and longer. Every game from here on out is going to have a playoff-like intensity, but very few are going to be as heightened as that game against the Capitals. And the Pittsburgh Penguins able to come out on top of that shows me that they're ready for playoff hockey. One other thing before we get to some of the negatives, because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It never has been with this team this season. There's always the other side of the coin, and we cannot just simply ignore it because they came away with a victory. One other thing I do want to mention. Jake Gensel, for the longest time, we would continue to say, or I would continue to say, he is the quietest producer for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. Who would think right now, if you didn't look at the stats and just watch the games this season, who would say, you know what, Jake Gensel is the leading goal scorer. The dude just continues to put the puck in the back of the net. He's just filling the net. He is the leading goal scorer for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You would say, oh, he's one of the better players, and he is. He's leading the Penguins with 32 goals this season, including a massive one thanks to Tom Wilson's turnover early in the third period. 32 goals, 34 assists for 66 points in 69 games. Almost at a point per game, again, for Jake Gensel. And he's done it quietly. But the important thing is, and why I'm throwing him into this discussion for why the Penguins are ready for playoff hockey, he's starting to get louder, guys. He is starting to score bigger goals and bigger moments, and they're coming in a way that isn't the empty net parade that he had earlier in the season, that isn't just him deflecting a puck in that kind of hit off of his leg. It's not just him getting in front of the net and doing the garbage goals. Those are important goals for playoff hockey. Don't get me wrong. The Penguins need more of that from Jake Gensel. But when you see Jake Gensel flying down the wing and just freezing an opposing goaltender and then blowing a shot by him, that's when he's at his peak. And he's starting to do that a little more often in the last couple of weeks. So if you're kicking up with playoff Jake Gensel, playoff Jake, remember how good he was last year against the Rangers? 
if we're starting to see him get into that zone once again, this team is going to be infinitely more impossible to stop, right? And now that's that's an exaggeration. That's an exaggeration, not impossible to stop. They're going to be much more difficult to deal with in the latter stages of this season and hopefully into the playoffs. Gensel, over the last couple of weeks, he has scored. Let me Let me do some math here. Eight goals in his last 11 games. He also has four assists in that time. So 12 points in his last 11 games, including eight goals. Yeah, playoff Jake is back. And that is a massive, massive win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So secondary scoring showed up on Saturday. Goaltending led the way for most of the game. The top dogs continue to be dominant in Crosby and Malkin. And Jake Gensel is reverting into playoff Jake, which is only good things for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I will quickly say, there were some very bad signs in that game as well. A lot of issues that have persisted the entire season continue to bite the Penguins in the butt. And you know where I'm going with this. Another blown lead, right? Three to nothing lead in the third period against a Washington Capitals team that you know was going to be desperate. You knew that this game was essentially their season. They needed the two points. They needed the four point swing that this game provided. And they were down two to nothing. They make a bad mistake early in the third. They go down three to nothing. They're not going to shy away and just go quietly into that good night. That wasn't That's never been the Washington Capitals, especially on national TV against the Penguins. But the Pittsburgh Penguins took their feet off the gas. Again, I don't know what it is. Because supposedly, and I would go to bat for this, you have stellar coaching. You have the leadership of guys that you would think are not going to take their foot off the gas. Crosby, Malkin, Latang. These guys you don't think of as being, all right, well, I think we've done enough. And yet, time after time, entering the third period, the Pittsburgh Penguins sit back and they say, we're just going to play some, some deflection games. We're going to play Pong and just not try to score and just try to keep it out of our net. We're going to run the clock out, take our two points, and and move on. And in theory, you know, if you can do that, then I guess it works. But this is the NHL and not the ECHL. And the Penguins just aren't that team. They don't have the defense to be that team. They don't have the goaltending to just, yeah, our goaltender, he's just going to he's just gonna shut the door. And that's, that's the end of it. They need to keep their foot on the gas, and they haven't, right? They're among the league leaders in blown third-period leads and multi-goal blown third-period leads. The last place you want to be. The last stat you want to be involved with. And they blow another one. And here's the thing. It's all because they stop. I'm not going to say stop trying. They stop pushing, though. They're not saying... Three to nothing's great. Five to nothing's better. They say three to nothing's great. Let's end it there. And that is not enough. Especially in a league now with so much parity and so much goal scoring and so much talent. 
you can't turtle for 20 minutes and expect to hold the lead. The Penguins are not built like that. So why are they continuously trying to win like that? Stupid mistakes are costing them too. The comeback was entirely sparked by Evgeny Malkin on the power play taking a stupid retaliatory penalty after the whistle. There's a reason Malkin leads the Penguins' history in penalty minutes. And a lot of it is he struggles to control his anger in these games. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to bash Malkin for that because this is a Penguins-Capitals game. And if you've ever played the sport of hockey in an actual competitive manner, you know that when things devolve into chaos like that a little bit, you can just see red. Malkin's shown us examples of that, and you can say, you have to be smart. You can't be doing that stuff. And you're not wrong. But sometimes, in these games, you saw the emotion on everybody's face in that third period on both sides of the puck. Sometimes, the heat of the moment gets to you. Now, Malkin, at the age of 36, he needs to tone it back a little bit. He needs to know better. He needs to stay out of that. But he was also baited into it, guys. How many of you, if you were pulled in by your shirt and punched in the face are going to sit there and smile back. And I get it. He's getting paid for it. But dang, it was just, it was a stupid penalty that, not going to lie, 7 out of 10 people probably would have taken. Especially competitive guys like that. So he takes a bad penalty. The only other issue is that wasn't the only mistake that was made in the third period. Casey DeSmith... His positioning went out the window in the third. Second period, like I said, he looked like he was a Vesna-caliber goaltender. Third period, he's flopping around like he's a fish out of water. I don't know why it took me that long to think of that, but, you know, his positioning goes out the window. Latang, two miserable plays that lead directly, pretty much, to two of the goals for the Capitals. The first one was an awful turnover, Right? Horrendous turnover that led to, to Tom Wilson's goal. And if they don't score that goal, if, if Latang doesn't make that turnover when he does, and they don't score, maybe the Malkin penalty ends, and the Penguins can just take that momentum and, and try to shove it back into their corner. But it was compounding, and it continued, and it just continued to hurt the Penguins, and we've seen it all season long. So I don't know what's up with the bad leads, what's up with the amount of, of stupid mistakes. Because the reason I went through all of that Malkin stuff. Is to say. That people are going to make mistakes. Especially in these heightened sense games. There's a reason there's bad penalties taken in the playoffs. There's so much competitive energy. And so much adrenaline running through these guys bodies. That sometimes they do something. That's not the smartest. And they'll tell you the same thing. They get off the ice. The reporters rush into the locker room. And they say with hindsight now that my. My energy is a little lower, and I look back at that. Yeah, it was pretty stupid. I don't know why I did that. But in the moment, it's tough. But why I say that is, you cannot continue after that to continue to make those mistakes. DeSmith, all over the place. Latang, all over the place. And it was Anthony Mantha. Like we said, it comes on both sides. Anthony Mantha makes a massive mistake. Careless 
puck control, Evgeny Malkin comes back and goes from being the horse's butt to being the hero of the game. It was a playoff game. All the emotions of the last 20 minutes that I just ran down through, it was a playoff game at PPG Paints Arena. As close as you're going to get in a regular season to a playoff-like atmosphere. For the players, for the fans, for the coaches, for the, the media in attendance, and for everybody watching at home. The Penguins came out on top with a massive two points in the standings and a massive moment for them in the third period. Because they don't get that moment, I don't know if they win that game. I think they're ready for playoff hockey, folks. They are. Whether they get there is a different story. The math is in their favor. The scheduling is in their favor. The way they've been playing over the past three games, continue that, they're in. And I think they're ready once they get there. Now, would they win a series against Boston or Carolina or even New Jersey who has an outside chance of getting a top seed in the Metro? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I'll tell you one thing. This team, if they can find the consistency that has evaded them all season long and play the way they did on Saturday and then earlier in the week against Colorado and Dallas, they're not going to go quietly. They're not going to go easily, and they might just surprise everybody. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. We'll be back tomorrow with a full episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all of that fun stuff, both on our podcast feed and also on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Closing in on 1,000. We really want to get there before the playoffs start in two and a half weeks. We need 39 subscribers as I last checked. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you'd like, we also have a notification bell you can ding. So every time there's a new video, whether that be an interview of a penguin in the locker room after practice or after the game, whether that be one of these penguins to goes that I hope you enjoy, or a full episode of the tip of the iceberg, you'll get notified for it all. But that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.